This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Tuesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. April 18th, 2023. Chilly morning down here in the mountains. Uh, Only 34 degrees when I got up this morning to uh, uh, let the chickens out to roam, but uh, it is going to warm up to uh, the mid-70s today. Going to be a beautiful one. Hope it is going to be nice where you are. Uh, So who do you think the happiest man in America is right now? No, no, it's not me. No. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts signs an extension with the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. Five years, $255 million. Um, He he did all right. He is entering the final season – of his rookie contract. Um, so he, uh, you know, you're looking at a situation where they're trying to avoid what was going on in Baltimore right now uh, with Lamar Jackson. And th- this is, look, this is going to change the landscape a little bit. Um, $179 million of this is guaranteed. So, you know, he, he's going to do uh, just fine over those five years. Um, but this is, I mean, look, it's 50, $51 million a year to play quarterback if he stays healthy. Um, it eclipses the, uh, the $51 million he's going to get per season, beats what Patrick Mahomes is getting, beats what Aaron Rodgers is getting. Uh, the only guys who receive more in a single contract um, than him were uh, Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. But it's going to be interesting to see how this affects Lamar Jackson. I mean, now Jackson requested a trade back in March. Um, the Ravens have put this non-exclusive franchise tag on him, meaning they were hoping they could reach a deal. It's it, it's every day that goes on. It seems to be less and less likely. There's rumors that Watson would actually, I mean, uh, that uh, Jackson would actually consider sitting out the season. I'll be surprised uh, if he plays on the franchise tag. He's only going to get thirty-two point four million dollars. I don't know how he's going to live on that. Um, and and look, you know, here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts was fourteen and one as a starter last year, right? Uh, the Eagles lost the two games when he sat out at the end of the year with some shoulder issues. But Lamar Jackson is one of the most physically talented players in the NFL. The issue with Lamar Jackson is staying healthy. And if you are Baltimore, 
you know, you've got to look at that, and and that's exactly. I'm guarantee you, that's what the holdup is. Look, if they were 14 and one last year, and Lamar Jackson was on the field when they went 14 and one, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But he was hurt, and there was some it, there was questions about whether he was actually. You know, not suiting up in the end of the season when Baltimore still had an outside chance to make the playoffs. You know, there was some question about maybe he was not playing even though he could have. You know, I don't know how you how you gauge that, but that you know, and and I and I think that that stung Jackson a little bit. But if you're Baltimore and you look at his injury history, you have to say to yourself, well, we've got to protect ourselves. And what he's doing, what Jackson is doing, he's looking for a contract like Deshaun Watson's that is fully guaranteed. And we all know, and the NFL is so much different than, you know, other sports. Look, in in Major League Baseball, you sign a contract, that money's guaranteed. You know, Chris Sale pitched 48 innings over three years, but he was still collecting his full salary. You know, and if he stops pitching tomorrow because of an injury, he blows out his arm, he's still getting paid. Doesn't work that way in the NFL. Money's not guaranteed. You can be cut loose real quickly. So, but uh, good for Jalen Hurts. Uh, good for the city of Philadelphia. They won't have to worry about who their starting quarterback is for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Jackson. It's also going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with Justin Herbert of the Chargers and Joe Burrow of the Bengals because they're going to be looking for extensions coming up as their rookie contracts get closer to expiring. And does this $51 million a year number set the bar for other quarterbacks like Herbert and Burrow. Herbert, Herbert's very talented for the Chargers, by the way, but I think he has less of a leg to stand on uh, simply because, the, you know, the Chargers have been disappointing. You know, Joe Burrow at least has gotten into a Super Bowl, and, and uh, but uh, uh, Chargers have trouble making the playoffs, for God's sake, even with Herbert there. It's not Herbert's fault. I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, it'll be, you know, winning is is everything and getting into the Super Bowl is everything. And uh, Jalen Hurts reaps the benefits $51 million a year. Unbelievable. Um, the Boston Bruins win game one of their Stanley Cup playoffs. They open the playoffs with a 3-1 win against Florida last night. Look, I got to be honest. They won this game. I was nervous in the first period of that game last night. Um because it looked like, no, it didn't look like they were getting outplayed by the Panthers in that first period. I don't care what, look, they got outshot in the first period 15-8. to eight. They were still winning one nothing. but if it wasn't for Linus Olmark, Bruins could have been in a hole. Now, they picked it up in the second and third period. And uh, but Florida outshot him in the game, thirty-two twenty-nine. But the first period, uh, the game was won right there. Linus Olmark won that game for the Bruins in the first period by shutting down the Panthers. In that, which is why he's going to win the Vezina Trophy as the best NHL goaltender. Goals against average of one point eight nine. He's been phenomenal all year. Uh, David Pasternak picks up a power play goal in the first, so the Bruins have that one. 
nothing lead. And then Brad Marchand scores his 50th career playoff goal and uh, gives him a 2 nothing lead. The only goal that the Bruins actually gave up in this game was on a mistake. Uh, Dmitry Orlov, I don't know what the hell he was thinking, but he he throws like this backhand pass in front of his own net, wasn't even looking. It was like a blind backhand pass route in front and then, you know, made it pretty easy for Florida. Uh, Kachuk picked it up and knocked it home, but that was that was on the Bruins' defense. That wasn't on uh, Linus Olmark. Uh, and then Jake DeBrus finishes out the scoring uh, with a goal at 17:32 of the second period. It's a scoreless third period. And the Bruins win 3-1, and uh, they will head to Game Three. I mean, excuse me, Game Two on Wednesday. They played without Patrice Bergeron last night. Uh, if you remember, he played the season finale in Montreal and left in the first period with what they called an upper body injury. He didn't practice Saturday or Sunday, and uh, they decided to hold him out. But this Bruins team has been deep all year. You know, they've had various injuries to different guys, and it's always it's kind of like that uh, uh, the philosophy that the New England Patriots always had in football, right? Next man up. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, and the Bruins did get some guys back uh, that had been out. David Krejci had missed the last six games of the regular season. He was back. Uh, Derek Forbert hadn't played uh, since mid-March. He was back. Uh, so, you know, they, they get some healthy bodies back, and, and the Bruins win it 3-1. And, uh, you know, this is probably the most lopsided uh, series in the, uh, the first round of the NHL playoffs. On, in either either conference, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, who finished second in the Eastern Conference behind the, the Bruins, win their first goal. They hang on to beat the New York Islanders two to one. Uh, they took the two nothing lead. Uh, Stefan Nosen with a, a power play goal early in the second period, and uh, then they hold on to win. And look, this was a. Um, uh, a power, the power play was the difference. Both Carolina goals came on the power play last night. So they win 2-1, to one, so they take a one nothing lead in their series. Um, over in the Western Conference, the Minnesota Wild, a wild game, uh, no pun intended. They beat the Dallas Stars 3-2 in double overtime. Uh, it was Ryan Hartman who scored the game winner uh, in that second overtime. This game took... Over four hours ended uh, at one o'clock in the morning local time in Dallas. Yikes! Uh, the two goaltenders were spectacular in this game. Uh, it, they they both were, um, and a, a great game. Uh, Minnesota and Dallas combined for a hundred and one shots in the three regular uh, periods and the two overtime periods. Fifty three shots for Dallas. 48 for Minnesota, but Minnesota wins it uh, by a final of 3-2 uh, in overtime, double overtime, excuse me. Uh, the other thing to watch out for this one, uh, Joe Pavelski of the Dallas Stars had to leave the game midway through the second period. He got absolutely crushed uh, by Matt Dumba, and uh, he ended up uh, getting called for a penalty on that. It was originally called a five-minute major, but then they did a replay, and they decided it was only a two-minute minor. But uh, Pavelski said he was okay afterwards. Uh, but, uh, look, he's 38 years old, 
and uh, he got his bell rung pretty good. So we'll have to see if he's able to suit it up uh, for game number two in this series. Uh, the other one, a bit of a uh, uh, an upset. The L.A. Kings in overtime beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-3. to uh, Junis Corposalo, 38 saves for the Kings in that overtime victory. And the key to this one, uh, Connor McDavid, who led the NHL in scoring this year, was held scoreless in this one as the uh, as the Kings win it. Um, and there's a lot of people before this series started thought that this might be the most likely upset in the first round, that they thought the Kings might actually have uh, the goods to uh, upset the Edmonton Oilers. I'll be surprised with when you've got a guy like Connor McDavid. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, look, Edmonton uh, finished with 109 points in the regular season. Uh, Los Angeles had 104. It's not like this is a great upset, but we'll see. I, you know, I just think Connor McDavid is going to find a way uh, to help uh, the uh, Oilers advance. Uh, in the NBA last night, just a couple of games in the NBA playoffs. Uh, the Celtics, by the way, played tonight. Uh, the 76ers beat the New Jersey Nets last night, uh, 96-84. to Joel Embiid, a uh, huge game in this one, 20 points. He had uh, 19 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 blocks. And he didn't even leave the team in scoring. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, had six uh, three-pointers, ended up with 33 points in this one. Tobias Harris with 20 points also, uh, and they end up beating uh, the Nets in this one. The Nets, uh, with a pretty good uh, first half, actually led at the half, but uh, a great uh, uh, third period by the 76ers defense. They allowed just 14 points to the Nets in the third period to take control of this game. And in the other one, the uh, Sacramento Kings, have taken a two-games-to-none advantage over the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions. They win this one by a final of 114-106. to uh, It was the second uh, quarter that was the difference in this one. The Kings, 41 points in the second quarter. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 24 points in this one to lead the way for the Kings as they take a commanding lead in that series. Uh, yesterday was Marathon Day in Boston. It was, uh, a, you know, it was a rainy day. It was a miserable day. The, you know, and the people running the Boston Marathon, that's the kind of day you don't mind. You know, you don't, what they don't want is, you know, an 80-degree day. Uh, but it was a marathon day also at Fenway Park. This game was scheduled to start at 11:10 and it did start but when you finally have all the uh, uh the rain delays in there and everything i mean the game didn't get over uh until what 4:30 time of game was 3 hours and 3 minutes and by the way and this is a day after they had played an hour and 57 minute game so in 2023 a 3 hour game is almost a marathon uh in and of itself but once again Red Sox fans excited about a starter getting ready to start. Remember when Chris Sale was going to make his first start of the season? Everybody's jacked up, and what happens? He gets blitzed, right? Everybody everybody now excited. Brian Bayo coming off the injured list, going to make his first start for the Red Sox. What happens? Gives up four runs in the top of the first inning. Um, and, look, I know the kid throws hard. 
but everything he threw in that first inning was up. And when you throw sinker balls up, they are going to be deposited either in the left field uh, uh, monster or banged into center field. And uh, Hunter Renfro with a three-run bomb in the first inning yesterday, and all of a sudden Brian Bayo is in a huge hole. Um, Bayo ends up only going two and two-thirds, and you know a lot of that was because of the rain delay. But at the end of the day, the rain delay might have been the best thing that happened to him to get him out before things got worse. Two and two-thirds innings, eight hits, five earned runs. He did strike out five. I mean, people were excited about that, but he's got to, you know, he's got to get the ball down. You know, and there was a big, and you, you hate to say that uh, uh, an umpire's call in the first inning is that big a deal, but there was a series in the first inning he's facing Taylor Ward and it looked like he had strike three and he didn't get the call the pitch looked to be like on the outside corner of the plate uh, low and outside it looked like it should have been strike three doesn't get the call what happens he ends up hitting Ward and then Renfro comes up and it was almost like not getting that call from Ward kind of rattled Bale a little bit. He actually went away from throwing a slider for a while and started concentrating more on fastballs and sinkers. And, you know, it's like he when he didn't get the call, he's like, well, why bother? And Renfro follows with the home run, and the game was, you know, you know, it's, the game was over. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but, look, the Red Sox – uh, did manage to get one back in the bottom of the inning, but you know, now they're down five-one. The rain comes, and Boston tried to chip away, and they, after the rain delay, they get Shohei Otani out of the game, which you're thrilled about, right? Uh, Otani gives just goes two innings. He does give up a run, uh, without doesn't give up a hit, but he gives up a run. Um, couldn't find the location early. Ends up walking a guy, and he ends up giving up a run. And uh, then the Red Sox started to go to work against that Angels bullpen. But they couldn't get the big hit. They were 2 for 14 with runners in scoring position. You know, and, you know, some of it's baseball. You look at it and you say, well, you know, they did hit the ball hard. They just hit it at people. But, look, you know, the margin for error for this team is small. We've talked about that time and time again. And, you know, people say, well, this team is still going to score. Yeah, but, you know, you also need to be able to hit in the clutch. And this team has struggled to do that. It, conversely, with the way, for instance, when the Red Sox were down in Tampa, right, and they're playing the Rays, and any time the Rays needed a hit, I mean any time, they got it, right? It seemed like it was just God had put his hand down on the Rays and said, you're going to win. You know, the Red Sox need to be able to do that. And they could not do that yesterday. Two for 14 runners in scoring position. 
Um, some bright spots. There were a few for the Red Sox, for sure. Uh, Jaron Duran got called up before the game with that string of left-handers over for, for now at least. Um, they bring up Duran. They send down Bobby Dahlbeck. Duran did a nice job, got a, a double off of a left-hander. Got himself on base, stole a base, you know, and with the new rules and the and uh, the bigger bases and everything, the Red Sox haven't really been able to take advantage of that. They don't have great team speed. Having Duran there gives them that. When Attleboro Mondesi is able to come back, he'll have that kind of speed. Of course, you can't steal first base, but, uh, you know, but Duran gets on base yesterday, so that was a positive sign for sure. Uh, Rafi Devers, a couple more hits. You like to see that. Um Reese McGuire threw out a couple of base runners. Reese McGuire uh, is a guy that has struggled mightily trying to throw out guys. I mean, early in the season, if you remember, uh, with the Orioles, it was like, you know, there was nothing. The Red Sox couldn't. They would have needed a shotgun to stop guys from stealing bases. So it was good to see Reese McGuire throw out a couple of guys. Uh, Tristan Casas got a hit. Hallelujah. You know, but you look up and down this lineup, and there are still too many guys with batting averages in the 100s. And it, look, it's early in the season, and you know, a good week you can turn that around. But another guy that you look at, Masha Yoshida, back in the lineup at the designated hitter, goes 0 for 4, continues to struggle since April the 4th. So for the last two weeks, now a few days of that were spent off, but in the last two weeks, he's 3 for 26. You know, so they have got to get some of these guys going. And you hope, look, Yoshida hit the crap out of the ball in spring training. He hit the crap out of the ball in the World Baseball Classic. But a lot of people around the league, when the Red Sox signed this guy and they spent so much money to sign him, they said the Red Sox overpaid. Red Sox overpaid. You know, but then when you saw what he did in spring and you saw what he did in the World Baseball Classic, you said, well, maybe. But right now, the American game seems too fast for him. I hope I'm wrong, but he has yet to be able to make the adjustment to the constant gas that he sees. So I hope he figures it out. I hope the Red Sox didn't overpay. But time will tell. Um, And now the Red Sox get ready to welcome in the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins who are... 10-6. Ten and six. Now the Twins have lost two in a row, but this is a very, very good lineup, and it is Chris Sale Day for the Red Sox. And you know the Red Sox keep saying he's close, he's close. You know, uh, you know we we keep working on him, and we think he's 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 going to be right where he needs to be really soon. You know, and Alex Cora said. You know, let's remember he hasn't pitched in four years. To you know, he said he wasn't even healthy in 2019. He said so. Uh, Alex Cora's date seems to be. He says we'll wait till Cinco de Mayo to see where we're at. Um, but right now, Chris Sale can't get anybody out with his fastball. They are 13 for 26 with four homers and two doubles against his four seamer and his sinker, and his slider. He can't seem to locate the thing. And it doesn't have the break that it's had in the past. So unless he's getting that change up over, you know, he's been very, very hittable, and we've seen it. And 
you know, you want to be patient. You want to say, yep, you know, 48 innings over the last three years. And if he truly wasn't healthy in 2019, as Alex look, that's great. But at some point, we've got to see some progress. And hopefully uh, today will be the start of that. The Red Sox, Red Sox also announced they're going to use a six-man rotation for at least the next uh, time or two through the rotation until they figure out what they're going to do. Uh, it won't hurt to give Chris Sale an extra day off. But uh, Corey Kluber... Uh, and Tanner Houck are going to start the rest of this three-game series with the Twins. Uh, and then they're going to see what happens next week. James Paxton uh, is probably going to be returning after that off day on the 27th. So the Red Sox are going to have some decisions to make. Don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Um, and, oh, by the way, one other thing I forgot to mention. The biggest highlight of the game yesterday for the Red Sox was the work of Cutter Crawford out of that bullpen. With Bayo only going two and two-thirds after the rain delay, um, Cutter Crawford came out of the bullpen and threw six and a third shutout innings, gave up just one hit, struck out five, did not walk anybody. And by the way, that six and a third innings, that's the second longest outing by any Red Sox pitcher this year. Uh, of course, uh, Garrett Whitlock went seven in his start the other day, but Cutter Crawford six and a third one hit innings out of the bullpen. You cannot underestimate how much that helped that Red Sox team with this three game series coming in against the Minnesota Twins. Now everybody is fresh, right? Uh, by him doing that yesterday because you could have easily blown through three or four relievers yesterday, left yourself shorthanded going into the game today. Now, obviously, with the exception of Crawford, they will have everybody available. So that is a huge, huge thing that he did for the Red Sox yesterday. It is 31 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 34 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Tuesday morning. And uh, one other note about the Twins as they get ready to come into Fenway. Yesterday they announced a contract extension with uh, Pablo Lopez uh, that adds four years and $73.5 million to his contract. This is his first season with the Twins. Of course, he came over from Miami. Uh, in a trade that involved Luis Arise, the uh, American League batting champion last year. And in his first four starts with Minnesota, he's got a 173 ERA. He has struck out 33 guys in 26 innings. He's only allowed 15 hits. Uh, I mean, look, you know, I mean, he pitched his rear end off this past weekend. He ends up losing a game on Sunday only because Garrett Cole pitched a two-hit shutout. He lost the game 2-0. Um, but uh, he's only making... Uh, five and a half million dollars this year in his, uh, it's his second year of uh, arbitration eligibility. And uh, it will allow the Twins to keep him locked down for a number of years. Look, that, that, uh, that Twins rotation needs him badly um, because they've got a lot of guys that are on the final years of their contracts. They've got Sonny Gray, uh, who's pitching very, very well, by the way. He's going to pitch today against Chris Sale. Sonny Gray's been great early in the season. But they've got Kenta Maeda, who is coming off an injury from last year. He has been underwhelming in his time with the Twins. Uh, Tyler Molly's also there. He's, his contract expires at the end of the year. Uh, the only starter under club control beyond this year is Joe Ryan. So they've, uh, 
they uh, they desperately needed to have some kind of stability, and right now that means they're going to be building this uh, rotation around young Pablo Lopez. So uh, good for him. Uh, by the way, I, while we were on break, um, I was looking at the, the feed from the Associated Press and uh, in uh, talking about the uh, uh, duh moments. Uh, I'm sure you saw the. We talked yesterday about the the shootings. It's we see them all the time. But uh, uh, the, the the kid that was killed or not killed, he was shot in Kansas City. And by the way, he's out of the hospital. Um, he was shot in the head, and they said he's gonna you know he's he's gonna be okay, but he's got a long road to recovery. He the guy that shot him because the kid came to the wrong address looking uh, for his brother. The guy that shot him was like 85 years old. And it was like they said, and there were, there there was a, a racial component to him shooting this young black kid that came to his door. Well, you think, you know, uh, you know, and I'm a look, look. I am a uh, nearly 63 year old white guy, right? And I have lived in many ways. I have lived a charmed life. I have been able to do a lot of great things in my life. I've, we, you know, like everybody, we've had our our share, I've had my share of uh, down times and things that I, I wish I could take back. But uh, I've led a charmed life. I've been able to do a lot of things. You know, I mean, I'm talking on the radio. I, I traveled the world. I, I traveled the country and I got paid to go to games for a living. I mean, I have had a great life. I cannot imagine. And for anybody that's listening to this, this show. And, and I'm sorry, we'll get back to sports in a second, but when I just saw that headline, it said it might have been a racial component. But anybody that's listening to this show, and if you're like me and, you know, and, and you're a white man or a white woman in America, think about the things that we don't have to worry about. You know, I think about that a lot lately, you know, with especially the last eight years with the whole Donald Trump thing and what's going on with the Republican Party. Think about you know, what these young, not just young, what what people of color in this country have to go through, especially black people, where, you know, if you're a young black man and the kid that got shot in Kansas City was a model student, he was an honor student. I mean, it's, it's, this, this wasn't some gang banger or anything. This was a good kid. And he got shot just because he was at the wrong address. You know, or a young black kid that has to worry about what neighborhood he drives in because he might get pulled over and the cops might hassle him. And, you know, and and the stuff that we've seen with police violence against people of color, it's, you know, think about that. We don't have to worry about that. You know, and it's, God almighty, it's 2023. It's almost like, you know, what Martin Luther King fought for and, and all the other, and, and, and John Lewis and all the other civil rights people that, you know, over, over the decades, it's almost like we're going backwards. We're going backwards in a lot of ways. And man, the gun violence aside, because it's not just black people getting killed, the gun violence is a whole nother thing. But, you know, this kid got shot because he was black and he was at a white guy, an 85-year-old white guy's house. You know, I, oh, I, I can't, I, I cannot fathom having to live my life like that. And, and I think, you know, 
any of us that you, when you read these things and, and you say, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, it's hard to be complacent about it if you really think about it for a moment and, and just try to imagine what your life would have been like if, you know, when you were a young kid and you were going to somebody else. We never had to worry about showing up and getting shot because we were the wrong color. It's just, ugh. Geez, there might have been a racial component. No kidding. No kidding. All right, back to sports. Sorry about that. Um, so the only, I guess the only saving grace for the Red Sox um, is that the Tampa Bay Rays lost again, right? And Toronto lost again. Uh, so th- those are good things, I guess. But, you know, the Rays <laughs> lost. And I yesterday on this show, I was talking about the Rays and, you know, oh, my God, they had lost two in a row. The sky is falling. They write the ship. And I was like, yeah, but now they get to go play the Cincinnati Reds. They're going to build up, you know, beat up on the Reds because the Reds stink. Well, the Cincinnati Reds pounded the Rays yesterday 8-1. to one. You know, <laughs> and then, well, that's baseball. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And look, and the Rays, look, the Rays are facing some uh, pitching challenges right now. You know, they have some issues with injuries, um, Jeffrey Springs, of course, down. Zach Eflin is down. So they used Jalen Beeks, former Red Sox product, as an opener yesterday. Beeks pitched pretty well. He goes three innings. He just gives up one hit and a run. I mean, the, I mean, the one hit he gave up was a was a homer. Uh, but then the normally uh, uh, reliable Tampa Bay bullpen implodes yesterday. In five innings, they give up uh, seven runs, six hits. Uh, they walk a couple of guys, and uh, Cincinnati chips away a three-run fourth and then two runs in the seventh and eighth, and they run away from this one. And they they win it 8-1. to one. Uh, Go figure. Go figure. Um, the big concern, I guess, if you're a Reds fan, because you don't have a lot, of, a lot of stars on this Reds team right now, but one of the stars that you do have um, is Hunter Green. You know, he was the number two overall pick in 2017, one of the top prospects to come up for the Reds in a while. And uh, he ends up leaving the game yesterday after the third inning. Um, He gave up a leadoff double in the third and then got hit on a comebacker by Yandy Diaz. And he stayed in. He was evaluated by a trainer. He stayed in, you know, threw a few warm-up pitches, finished the inning, and then between innings, he was limping pretty badly and, you know, ended up uh, having to leave the game. They said he's got a right tibia contusion. I mean, if you watch it, I mean, I'd, probably, <laughs> I'd probably be on crutches. Uh, but he leaves after three innings. But uh, give the bullpen uh, a lot of credit. Uh, Buck Farmer and Alex Young, uh, Kevin Herget, they, they did a great job yesterday uh, as they come in and they, they give up just one run over six innings and the Reds beat the Tampa Bay Rays. Eight to one, unreal. Uh, Nick Ladola will get the start for the Reds today. Again, the Rays not quite sure what they're going to do with all the injuries. They think it's probably going to be rookie Taj Bradley who is going to get the call for the Reds today. Um, the Tampa Bay, uh, excuse me, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays get bombed yesterday. The Houston Astros seem to be figuring things out. They beat the Blue Jays yesterday, nine to two. Um, look. Um, Right now, Houston sits in third pace, place looking up at Texas and looking up at the Angels, which is not going to last very long as far as the Angels go anyway. 
Uh, but Houston's 8-9 and nine right now. And you're like, wow, they are really struggling. No Jose Altuve. My, the, the sky is falling. Keep, let's remember something. Through 17 games last year, the Houston Astros were 8-9. and nine. Guess what? They won the World Series. So don't get too worried if you're an Astro fan. They're going to be fine. Um, but uh, uh, Christian Javier, five innings yesterday, gave up just one run. Um, Jose Abreu, a two-run double in the first inning. The Astros put up a seven spot off of Kevin Gausman in the first inning. Gausman uh, was terrible. He, he uh, Look, and he had been pretty good in his first three starts, but he goes four and two-thirds, gives up eight runs, seven hits, uh, and uh, takes the loss. And uh, Javier, after that, uh, uh, five one-run innings, gets help from Phil Maton, Martinez, and then Ryan Stanek finishes it off, and uh, the Astros win 9-2. Uh, it'll be Jose Urquidy coming on for the Astros in the middle of the game in the series today. Chris Bassett, who is still looking for a decent start. He is 1-2 and two with an ERA of 7.63. He will get the start for the Blue Jays in the game tonight. Um, I mentioned the Texas Rangers, and the Texas Rangers win again yesterday. They beat the Kansas City Royals 4 to nothing in the uh, – the category of, well, they should beat the Kansas City Royals. But, look, Texas only had four hits themselves. Um, but the concern here is Jacob DeGrom had to leave the game. DeGrom threw four innings, didn't give up a hit, struck out five, walked one, but left the game with what has been called a sore wrist. They said it was more of a precaution than anything. DeGrom said he could feel it when he was warming up. Uh, he said he thought it would loosen up when he started to pitch, and he said it actually tightened up a bit as the game went on. He said, could I have kept going? Probably. He said, but I want to play it safe. He said, it's a long season. And if you are the Rangers, uh, yes. Look, you just signed him to a five-year, $185 million contract. Right? You're giving this guy a lot of money. And you need him to be healthy, and his track record over the last couple of years has not been the best, right? So you've got to you've got to err on the side of caution. Bruce Bochy didn't seem concerned about it. He said they'll know a little bit more today. But when you look at it, I mean, look at your, the Grom's numbers. And he hasn't thrown 100 innings, folks, since 2019, right? He threw just 64 innings last year. Made 11 starts. He made 15 starts in 2021 and 12 starts in 2020. So he hasn't been the Jacob deGrom, the Cy Young Award winner that everybody expects, the guy that, you know, for, you know, five, six straight years through made 30 starts and had, you know, a whip of just around one. So they've got to be careful. There were a lot of people when he signed with Texas, excuse me, a lot of people when he signed with Texas thinking that the Rangers were out of their minds. And if this is just indeed a sore wrist and he's okay, that's great. But, man, and I hope it is because Jacob deGrom is fun to watch when he is on. And, look, he's 1-0. He's got a 3-4-8 ERA in his four starts. He got bombed his first start, but he's been really good since then. Uh, by the way, Kansas City now after that loss yesterday. There are four and thirteen. They are one and ten at home. 
Yikes. Uh, the series continues tonight. Nate Evaldi, former Red Sox hurler, uh, has not been good for Texas. One and two with a 6-3-2 ERA. Brad Keller, who has been very good for the Royals, he has an ERA of uh, just over two and a 2-1 and one record, will get the start for the Royals tonight. 48 minutes past the hour. One more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 50 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Tuesday morning. The Mets continue to roll, and uh, Met fans a lot happier with what they've been seeing lately. They beat the Dodgers yesterday 8-6. to six. The Mets have now won five in a row, eight of the last ten. Um, big splash yesterday. They bring up uh, Brett Beatty, one of their top uh, prospects. He is the Mets' number two sp- prospect, according to MLB.com. They brought him up to play third base. Uh, Eduardo Escobar has really been struggling, uh, so they bring him up for the minors. He actually goes one for four in his MLB debut, uh, a two-out single in a three-run fourth inning for the Mets. This game kind of went back and forth all day. Uh, the Mets with 14 hits to just nine for the Dodgers, but uh, Dustin May got the start for the Dodgers, his worst outing of the season. Five runs in five and a third innings, or five and two-thirds innings. Uh, he had been dynamite all year. Uh, even with that bad outing yesterday, his ERA still jumps up to only uh, 3.0. Uh, Peterson was awful for the Mets, six runs and seven hits, and yet somehow he manages to get the win because of the uh, Mets' bats. Adam Adovino picks up his second save of the season. Uh, Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, each with three hits for the Mets, uh, and uh, a three-run seventh inning the difference in this one. Tyler McGill will get the start in the middle game of the series tonight for the Mets. He is 3-0 and to start the season. Clayton Kershaw will get the start for the Dodgers. He is looking forward to this because he is 10-0 and with an ERA of just over two in 16 regular season starts with the Mets. He has absolutely owned the Mets. Uh, the only thing stopping the Mets from being in first place right now uh, because the Mets have won those five in a row is the fact that the Atlanta Braves – have now won seven in a row. The Braves moved to 13 and four on the season as they beat the San Diego Padres yesterday, two to nothing. Um, Max Fried comes off the injured list, five shutout innings, strikes out four, doesn't walk anybody. Uh, AJ Minter picks pitches the ninth inning, picks up his fourth save of the season. Uh, Ryan Weathers got the start for the Padres, and he was okay. It's just the fact that the uh, the Padres bats couldn't do anything. Um, Austin Riley, a two-run homer, the only runs of the game that came after a Ronald Acuna double, and uh, it came in the first inning, and then the rest of the game, goose eggs. But the the Atlanta Braves got it rolling right now. The game, uh, the series continues tonight. Spencer Strider is going to get the start. For the uh, Braves, Blake Snell looking to figure things out. Blake Snell has been terrible. Uh, 0-2, 6-9-2 ERA for the Padres. The guy who was their opening day starter uh, still has yet to figure it out. Um, the Brewers, they stay hot. They win again. They beat the Seattle Mariners yesterday uh, by a final of 7-3. The Brewers have now uh, won six of the last ten. They moved to 12-5 and five on the season. But their ace, Corbin Burns, had to leave the game a left pectoral strain after five and a third innings. Uh, not what they needed to ha- hear. They've had issues with Brandon Woodruff already. Uh, so all of a sudden, 
this uh, Milwaukee pitching staff is looking very, very fragile. Uh, but they beat the Mariners yesterday 7-3. to uh, It'll be Colin Ray who gets to start for the Brewers today, his second start of the season. Logan Gilbert uh, will get the start for the Mariners. And the Marlins win. They beat the San Francisco Giants yesterday uh, by a final of 4-3. to Marlins playing pretty good ball recently. Uh, they've won 6 of 10. They are now over 500. They are 9-8 and eight on the season. But it was a Jorge Soler pinch hit two-run home run in the seventh inning. The difference in this one as uh, they get past the Giants. 4-3. to three. Uh, Logan Webb, another underwhelming start for the San Francisco Giants. And signing an extension with the Giants, uh, he signed a five-year, $90 million contract extension. Uh, <laughs> he uh, was awful after signing that extension. Six and two-thirds, eight hits, four runs. Did strike out six, but his ERA has ballooned up to five. Jesus Lazardo got the start for the Marlins, uh, but it was Matt Barnes. Remember him? Matt Barnes with a perfect seventh inning who earns the victory thanks to the uh, Solaire home run. Alex Wood gets the start in the middle game of the series for the Giants, and it'll be Edward Cabrera for the Marlins. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call after I uh, finish up the landscaping. My wife and I heading out to a nursery to get a, uh, an azalea bush to put in today. We've been uh, landscaping the hell out of this place, so we're going to finish that up today. But I will be here tomorrow morning, I promise. We're going to leave you this morning with some music from the Zach Brown Band. They played the uh, national anthem or sang the national anthem at Fenway Park and did a great job. So let's uh, let's let's go out this morning a little. Keep me in mind. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.